Ladies and gentlemen, from All Seasons Studio 306 in Midlothian, Virginia, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, COVID restrictions? Really? Again? Uh, Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. These people need work on their behavior. I think you should turn your back on COVID restrictions. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben. Let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing fantastic, but it's getting better. I love to hear that. Yes, I love it. I love it. If it got any better, I'd swear the deck was stacked. Wonderful. Just don't blow it over. Yeah, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a movie, wasn't it? That's true. Yeah. 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 Mm I sort of, I, I, I sort of like the premise of that movie. Uh, a lot of, a lot of folks didn't like it, but, uh, but the premise of it was, you know, how you think. Well, you know, I'll just, it, it, I'm better off dead. You know, I, I like that premise. So, but because he was able to see what it would really be like if he wasn't around, so I kind of brought it right. Out. Yeah, all of the rest of it was just entertainment, good acting. Um, but uh, yeah, it is a wonderful life. And mm-hmm. we are Absolutely. we are tremendously blessed to be here in Studio 306 uh, this afternoon. Right. And welcome, uh, all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers out there. Yes, it is another episode of The Undiluted Truth. And today, one of our new favorites here, uh, Mr. Uh, not, I shouldn't say Mr., he's a doctor, Dr. John Campbell. We like him. Uh, right. I, I like uh, the work he does Uh and he does a lot of research, and he just kind of goes through the documents, reads uh, what he's got there for us, and he, he gives us definitely a, a UK slant because that's uh, where he is from. Right. But he's he gets reports from all over the world, which is which is good. But this one, yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they are speaking again of COVID restrictions and. You know, in some ways, it's like, is this a bad dream? Are they really? Re- is this is this like another rerun of I don't know? Just pick your most unfavorite show and go. Do we have to keep watching these reruns? I mean, you know, I, and and that's <laughs> yeah. what that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. sort of reminds me of because it just you know it's it's like sourpuss. It's like really you know, and I think the thing that that boggles the mind are are people really believing that we're going to actually have to be restricted for this same thing mm. you know I, I you know and and yeah. uh, and i'll give a little prelude to the next uh, episode that we're going to be pulling up uh, oh boy is it has to do with not necessarily restrictions but yet again more fear more fear more uh, uh, preparations for Yes, yet an, another variant, which is serious, and studies that are coming out. And uh, it's almost as if they just, you know, the old tire pump, they just screwed the thing on the, the you know, the valve stem, and they pumped it a couple of times, and they're like, okay, <laughs> I think we're ready to really pump some fear into yeah, them there, guys. Right, yeah. And, you know, I pray for those those people out there that some of this stuff 
does not resonate with them as fear, that they see it for what it is. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, we want to go through this because I, I think it's important because, you know, to me, it's an insult to my integrity uh, that I'm going to believe this. Well, there's but a few of us that have to warn right. the majority, I think. Because unfortunately, I do think right now the majority of people. Well, eh, maybe we're maybe we're about fifty fifty. I don't know. Um, I think that the majority of the people couldn't be swayed. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that they necessarily believe every single thing, but I think the majority can be swayed hmm. to to believe that. Oh well, well this is a little different. Uh, you know, and all it would take is some very very slick speech to have them believe that, well, you know, it was really the lockdowns and stuff that got rid of the last uh, uh, pandemic. Oh, yeah. You know? Right. So uh-huh. uh, I just think that so many people could believe that. But please, we are bringing this to you not because you don't know anything. It's because you do know, and we want to continue to pump you full of truth. And as we like to say here, uh, we want to inject you not with any kind of a jab, but with the undiluted truth. So that's right. Without any further delay, mm. let's get on with it here uh, and see what right. Mr. John Campbell. Yes, yeah. Well, doctor, I keep. He probably wouldn't mind. He's a he's a nice guy. He wouldn't mind if I called him Mister. But Doctor John Campbell, see what he's got for us All right. this afternoon. Here we go. Well, warm welcome to today's talk, Tuesday the 6th of June. Now, today I want to report on the most impressive piece of scholarship that's so far been released on the effect of lockdowns. This is it here. The whole thing is available and in the public domain. And I'm just going to give you a headline to see if you uh, want to watch this video or not. Uh, the, the talk is called Lockdowns Were a Costly Failure. And COVID-19 lockdowns were a global policy failure of gigantic proportions, according to this report. And this report actually looks at empirical data, real numbers in the real world, not modelling as was done pretty well always in the past. So that's what this is about. Now, this is the report here, uh, just released on the, just released in June. Uh, as I say, very thorough report, all available in the public domain published by the London-based Institute of uh, Economic, uh, Economic Affairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it goes on to well over 200 pages. Oh, so wow. um, check it out for yourself, completely free to download, which is very magnanimous, of course, of the authors in the Institute of Economic Affairs to do that, um, but, but comprehensive and completely readable. So let's get straight down to what it's talking about. Now, lockdowns were a costly failure, a global policy failure. So (laughs) this is everywhere. Um, Pretty well, wherever you are, um, we've been let down by our government. So we'll be looking at the way reports were written, but not adequately scrutinised by government. This is primarily a governmental failure. And I personally feel let down. And uh, and I know a lot of you do uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, now, this is the update we're just looking at here. That was the previous version there. So as I say, all available, check it out for yourself. So systematic review and meta-analysis. So it takes a combination of useful papers, 
which is an excellent way to do research. Uh, published in London, um, Institute of Economic Affairs. Did lockdown, COVID restrictions, social distancing, non-pharmaceutical interventions, whatever you want to call it, uh, affect COVID uh, mortality based on the empirical evidence. This is not someone sitting in a back room with a sophisticated uh, calculator or <laughs> sophisticated computer. This is actually real-world data. What actually happened? And of course, that is what science is all about. Science is all about empiricism or it's about nothing at all. Science is not theoretical, it is a practical discipline. Um, mm -hmm. Systematic search and screening procedure. So they looked at pretty well 20,000 studies, 32 qualified, but only 22 converted for meta-analysis. And that is because only 22 contain the real-world data that was required. In other words, the numbers. The numbers in the real world. That helps. And this is why this study is so refreshing. We're getting back to reality. I think we've been in a bit of a bit of a flight of fancy for the past few years, uh, uh, ably led by government and mainstream media. Uh, but now we're back to scientific reality, which delights oh, me. Oh, not so fast, yeah. Um, so 22 studies actually measured mortality data not derived from modelling. Now they used a stringency index as one of the uh, one of the things they looked at. That's how strict the lockdowns were. So they were comparing to less strict areas such as Sweden. Average lockdown in Europe and the United States in the spring of 2020, which is as far as this data goes. So this is the essentially the first wave, isn't it? The spring of 2020 only reduced mortality uh, COVID-19 by 3.2 percent. This translates to approximately 6,000 avoidable deaths in Europe, 4,000 avoidable deaths in the United States. And uh, when we come to look at the cost-benefit analysis of this and how this compares to other diseases, these really are small amounts given these people primarily with significant comorbidities. Not all, but primarily. Shelter-in-place orders, the sort of guarding sort of thing that we <laughs> talked about, people that were sheltering from the virus. Um, relatively ineffective in the spring of 2020, the report says, mm -hmm. uh, reducing COVID mortality by 2%. 4,000 avoidable deaths in Europe, 3,000 in the United States. So again, pretty small effects. And then specific NPIs, these non-pharmaceutical interventions. Spring of 2020, again, reduced COVID-19 mortality by 10.7%, which of course is an improvement. Um, significantly less than estimates produced by the epidemiological modelers, uh, but that's 23,000 uh, avoidable deaths in Europe, 16,000 in the United States. But again, when we compare these to other diseases, and we're talking about whole countries here, remember, it will be put into context. Now, Imperial College London, this is the Neil Ferguson estimates. March 2020 predicted lockdowns would save 400,000 lives in the United <laughs> Kingdom. Now, I remember well, as I'm sure you do, I remember so that. ingrained in my memory that the UK government in the early press conferences, certainly the first press conference, was going to go for a herd immunity type approach, just protect those that need protected and let things let things follow their natural course. Then we had this, the government got this information from the Neil Ferguson department in um, Imperial College London, and they changed overnight because they thought 400,000 people were going to die. Why didn't the government scrutinise that information properly? Why did they take the advice of one academic group Good in question. one university and base whole policies on that? And then the British decision, of course, influenced other decisions. I, 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 obviously, I, I would think it, it affected decision-making in the United States. 
oh, well, that's what the Brits have done. We better do the same sort of mentality. But we hadn't analysed it adequately, clearly, patently. We now see that clearly. And it's unacceptable. This is a failure of government. I perceive this as a failure of government. Um, academic groups can get it wrong, of course, but it's governments. Well, why did governments just take this on lock, stock and barrel, hook, line and sinker? Uh, it would have saved over two million lives in the United States, according to this modelling. Wow. Well, over two million lives it would have saved. Yeah. You know, now, yeah, yeah. some of this is, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to be really speak condescending uh, toward this study. And 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 Dr. Campbell's just he's just putting it out there, right? One of the first things that strikes me is that they, and I know people live off of studies; they just want to do it. And and part of this is I'm going really. You spend a lot of time on this. I mean, don't you know that the upfront estimates were all wrong? You know, the fear was out there. You know. Nearly half a million people are going to die. We need to lock down. We need to shelter in place. We need to mask up. You know all of the. You know all of it. And then now we have studies to show that it it really didn't help at all. And right. maybe it caused some deaths. You yeah. know, and and it's and it is a very detailed study. What it what it's looking like. But the question, you know, and I've heard him say it a couple of times already, our government has failed us. And, well, yes, I mean, and I, I know that John knows that, and he has known that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess when you have the studies right there in front of you, you can say it. And all of this is true. And I think it's governments all over the world have failed many. So the next question, I don't know if he's going to get to it or not. I did not pre- view this little okay. uh, uh, clip. But my next question is, okay, so our government's failed us. Maybe the question would be, now what? Okay. Well, I was going to propose a question to as a additional one to, well, yeah, he, he, well, he made a statement. Well, it was a question, but kind of a statement. Um, where he was like, why did our government just take this one source and run with it? Hook, line, and sinker, we did. Mm -hmm. Well, we can ask the populace the same thing. Your government said, this is what we're, why did you buy it hook, line, and sinker? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, why did the government, okay, because you're, you're, quote, relying on those people in those positions, like we've talked about, most people, they're looking out for us. Are they? Um, we know different today. But at the same time, right, okay, we as individuals should, you know, should we not question certain things if, mm -hmm. if logically it does not, you know, or whatever, you know. So, yeah, our government maybe bought it hook, line, and singer, but so did you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay so... Yeah. So the question goes. I, I think I just say think it goes both ways for the populace and for the you know for the government. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. you touched on why exactly. we did because we we honestly back then thought that we had people that cared about our well being and found out and right. here, here today I don't know many personally don't know many people that 
well, maybe I don't probe enough, but there's a lot of people that don't believe any of it until it's verified. And I mean, scrutinized and verified. Right. So they're on the other side of it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, okay. So the government's putting this information out and well, I'm, I'm not going to believe it until I verify it. Yeah. You know, even, even, I mean, you know, we've even heard of the Lancet and, and Mm -hmm. uh, some of these well-known, uh, uh, Medical journals, medical journals, yeah, the, lying to you, yeah, yes, the New, exactly. New England Journal of Medicine, you know, all of them falsifying information. So it's very difficult right. now to actually just go ahead and buy it. But mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that he used why you know the government just bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, well, yeah, uh, yeah they might have. They, I don't know if they bought it, but I think they were paid. Yeah, to right. to 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 kick out a narrative, right? And to to go with whatever it was. I don't think they ever bought anything. I think they knew, and that's why we use the word pandemic here. I think they knew exactly what they were doing, right? And I think personally, I think uh, the exposing of that goes a long way. But sure, you you do have to ask the question: Why would they? Because it sort of sets them up. Of, right. Well, that's why they would because they were bought, you know. Yeah, uh, they were paid to to run with the narrative or to hold the actual truth back, falsify. Right, right. So yeah, it, it, it was a lot in that hook, line, and sinker that you could you could look at and tie to the government, and they were exposed all for today. And you know, yeah, almost a half a million people died. You know, they said that many people were was supposed to die, so they had to lock down. Well, what we found out that there was between the actual lack of treatment, right, and the vaccines, that number was probably tripled. Right. So, uh, you know, but there again, here we are. We've got a report to back this up. Now, I don't know. I don't know how this could play out in the future mm-hmm. that we can hold anybody accountable because I can tell you there's people right now that we know should be held accountable that nothing's happening yet at this point. Right. Other, yeah. You know. So anyway, uh, of course, what are we expecting? Think about this. We know they failed us, but yet we're looking to them to hold somebody accountable. The same people that failed us. Yeah, you got a point. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you do have a point there. So, well, let's let's continue on with uh, Doctor Camel and see what else we have. All right, uh, he, he might have some more probing questions here. Here we go. Problem is, the modelling was inaccurate, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, in comparison, just to start putting this in some sort of context, on an average flu season, seventy-two thousand flu deaths in Europe. 38,000 flu deaths in the United States, England and Wales, it's 18,500 to 24,800. This is in an average typical uh, flu season. Well, golly days, I mean, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That, that, it, this is average. I'm going to read these numbers back. Yeah. The, uh, approximately 72,000 flu deaths in Europe, it's average, and 38,000 flu deaths in the United States. Right. In England and Wales, between 18,500 and 24,800 flu deaths. And that's... A- that's average. What, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, really? These are flu deaths? 
Yeah. How in the how in how in the world it, are people dying of the flu at, at these high numbers? Well, my guess is it's the older because they're always more susceptible during flu season. I, I, that's that's amazing to me. If if I had to guess, the vast majority of those are elderly yeah. or multiple comorbidities. I think yeah. I, I do think that yeah. there's some tweaking that our that our worldwide health care could could improve upon. Well, now yeah. I get it. If if yeah. you've got some serious comorbidities, yeah, right. I get it. And and you know, in this big scheme of things, with millions of people, seventy two thousand, maybe you know, fairly normal. But I just thought that uh, those numbers that were, it, were, but it, but it is staggering. To, yeah, to yeah. hear the number. Yeah, when you but, think about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, and and no number like that is good. I, but if I mm-hmm. had to guess, it was it would probably be elderly. Well, that is that typical. I would think so. They don't give. He doesn't. Oh, it hasn't yet. Right. Given any ages, but I'm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought that would. Just wanted to repeat that. That's that is still staggering. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. These sort of deaths would be expected, and we've never had any of these measures for flu in the past. Although we've had this with us for centuries. Why was COVID so different? Based on flawed modelling is the primarily the primary reason. Followed up. Ah, so that 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 was his comparison. That was what he was trying to say. We've had all these deaths prior, so why did we not have any, you know, shelter in place, any lockdowns, right? With, with those, what what was the difference? Well, well, we know wow. what the difference was. We we needed to try to uh, we we needed to set the framework for a vaccine. That's what we were trying to do. Here. Yeah, yeah. So right, we needed to scare you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. It worked. All right, carry on, John. By incompetent government acceptance of that, Lord Modelling. Um, so, direct quotes, when checked for potential bias, our results are robust, the study says. <clears throat> our results are also supported by the natural experiments we've been able to identify, taking countries like Sweden in the real world. The results of our meta-analysis support the conclusion that lockdowns in the spring of 2020 had a negligible effect on COVID-19 mortality. Negligible effect. Yep. This result is consistent with the view that voluntary changes in behaviour, such as social distancing, did play an important role in mitigating the pandemic. So the statutory um, government-enforced heavy-handed bits didn't work. The um, self-discipline uh, did work, giving people the... Um, or basically treating your population as an adult that can, uh, that can make its own decisions. Uh, that wasn't done primarily in... European and American countries. Um, voluntary measures were effective in, in reducing COVID mort- uh, COVID-19 mortality in Sweden. So voluntary measures were effective. So this is, 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 this is not saying do nothing, not by any means. It's saying do the minimum and you get comparable results. Not saying do nothing, not saying COVID doesn't matter. It did. It does. Um, it did much more then because it was making people ill uh, in relatively large numbers. Consistent with evidence early in the pandemic that voluntary action had already begun to work. So the irony here is that the voluntary action was already beginning to work. The legislation uh, made minimal, negligible. Negligible is the term used by this study. Oh, really? Negligible difference. The negative conclusion is amplified by significant economic costs, so stunted economic growth. Unfortunately, uh, public debts are now massive. We're now paying the cost of that, of course. Mm-hmm. Rising inequality, all bad. 
damage to children's health and education, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, reduced health quality of life, bad. Increased crime, bad. Threats to democracy and loss of freedom, yes. A COVID disinformation unit that we looked at yesterday set up by the British government, 77th Brigade, a branch of the British military, uh, that may well have been used to spy on its own people, not what we would prefer. It's not what I would prefer, and I suspect if you're watching, not what you would prefer either. Nope. We don't want to be surveilled by the state for having independent academic or philosophical views. Um, we want academic freedom to discuss, to debate, of course. Uh, one that's close to my heart, being a former mental health nurse, uh, damage to mental health was a big factor. Now, this data is from NHS Digital. Graphics, actually, from the Daily Telegraph, which has been covering this very well. I'll put some links at the bottom. So, um, mid, so this is mid-2010, mid so about 2015. So, here we have, um, here we have uh, 11 to 16-year-olds. Around about 2015, 13.3% reported mental health issues after the pandemic went up to 17.7. 17 to 24, it went up from 10.1 to 17.4% of the population. 16 to 39 year olds, it is hard work being a, a later uh, young person and young adult, um, but there was 3.5% of people reporting mental health illnesses in this group shot up to 23%, mm. sharing the economic impact of the uh, restrictions partly. Um, uh, other things as well, but that was a main factor. Huge. Wow. So getting on for a quarter, getting on for a quarter now of 16 to 39-year-olds in the United Kingdom, 23% reporting mental health issues. This is a real indictment on many things. I agree. Well, we're going we're gonna to pause it right there. I mean, if, if you were to think, I mean... I don't know. They put people in solitary confinement in prison, and you know that doesn't work out real well with those people. It takes a very, very tough mind to right. come out of there unscathed. But just innocently putting people in and causing causing them to stay put, mm-hmm. uh, and I could only imagine at a young age. I mean, you you know. I misbehaved a few times uh, when I was growing up, and I was put on a sort of uh, restriction, can't go out of the yard type thing. There right. was a couple of times it was, you know, I was I was restricted to the house. You know, I don't know what was worse. You know, after a while, I was like, just give me a just give me a good spanking and, and let me go out. You know, <laughs> um, uh, but you uh, know, you know, in that case, it sort of worked, but but it was because it was never it, typically. I don't think it was ever longer than a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, I, I, that was some really, you know, and the, and what caused that was usually just not, it wasn't just doing something, misbehaving. It was, you were clearly told, do not do this. And you just did it anyway. So, you know, the message, right. the message was, you know, I don't need to listen to you. And of course the recourse was, you know, for every positive action, there's a negative reaction and, right and i right. you know i was you know i was disciplined but this for no reason you know these young people they did nothing wrong there was the, there's they're just wrestling around trying to figure this out and i could only imagine and and on top of that they're the elderly the ones parents other authority figures 
I'm sure didn't explain it very well because it was hard to explain and keep the lie going. Yeah. You know, yeah. because there was so many mixed signals with this. So the, this is a sad statistic that, you know, th- this is just there in the UK, 23% of that age group uh, was it 18 to 39. 16 to 39 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's And that yeah. was in just, I think, one quarter, like yes. the first quarter of this year, like 2023. Do you know? Um, yeah, I, I think it. Because I think he said just this quarter or so, just a quarter or something. Right. Yeah. Or maybe he was meaning that it's almost a quarter, like I, 23% is almost a quarter of you know, that demographic, so to speak. Maybe that's what he was referring to. But he he, he said the word quarter, so that stuck out in my mind. <laughs> this I, is I might have to yeah, go back and well, re-listen is, to it. This is post pandemic. Okay. So and I'm and I can't it's not saying, but the 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 twenty three percent was yeah, sixteen to thirty nine. Yeah, I'd have to go uh, back and listen. But if but. you look from ages, so you got from eleven to thirty-nine. You, in the middle of that, you got seventeen point seven percent, and then another seventeen and a half percent. Yeah. So you know, so there's twenty-four plus twenty. You got about half the people. Right. Right. You know, yeah, they're, that, I see what you're saying. And, and then you get on up into forty to sixty-nine, and it's another fifteen percent. So you're over you're over fifty percent of ages. You know, eleven to sixty-nine that have mental health issues there, and that's yeah, yeah. The younger people are the ones that you're more sensitive to because you think they're healthy, they're robust, uh, right? Yeah, they're you know they're of good mind and and that sort of thing. But that's that's staggering. Yeah, 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 and 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 heartbreaking uh, to say the least. So. Anyway, uh, that just some you know some more statistics from uh, you know lockdowns and uh, yeah lockdowns back on the news, but not in such a good light uh, when it comes to that. And hopefully those facts are reaching some, and hopefully they've got some sticking power. Right. Our next episode might sort of lean toward, eh, maybe not so much, because you would think when it comes to that they would go. Yeah, we can't go there again. So what are we going to do? But maybe, maybe it's going to be well. We're not going to lock down anymore. But you know what? That's because we've got dun 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 the oh. vaccine. Oh boy! Yeah. See, you get the shot. Oh, you don't boy. have to lock down or anything now, Ben. Oh yeah. yeah. And then after that, we'll have a real detailed study of how more people are dead and and oh, is that per- permanently that? permanently injured and and, oh. and all of that? So. I- Oh yeah, so I'm sure they can't wait for that mm, uh, yeah. study, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess mm. all all we can hope for is the you know the study is accurate, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think mm. that God Himself is going to allow much more of this to go on. That's just that's my take. With that in mind, mm. let's appeal to our heavenly Father as we yes, sir. as we wrap up here. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we do thank you so much for an opportunity to deliver uh, the undiluted truth here. We thank you for all of those that are listening, those rock tumblers, those truth seekers, and our prayer for all of them is that they continue to hunger and thirst after your righteousness, your truth. Father, and, and may 
you infiltrate our hearts with your spirit. Help us to understand clearly that it doesn't matter what we've done, what we've slipped up at, that we can come to you. You wish that none be lost. You can cleanse us from the inside out, but only if we allow you to. So may you give us the wisdom, the understanding to see what we need to be cleansed of and and open up our hearts to be receptive to you, your guiding, and your leading, which we here give you permission to do so. And Father, thank you again for all that are out there. Thank you again for those like Dr. John Campbell and others that are doing their due diligence and getting information out is all we're doing. And we thank you, and we want to glorify your name in all that we do. So as we close out here this evening, we pray that every intent of our thought is pure. And we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.